Hey, Sacramento. Hey, Sacramento. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we are selling Sacramento. How do you all like the new theme song? I would like to thank my brother, A.K. Mr. King for producing that song for me. You can hear his songs on 97.5 FM KDEE. He is a talented, talented brother. And so we thank him for that song for the show. I asked him to do something for me that was a little more on the grown folk side, you know? So I like that smooth vibe. So we are going to jump into today's show. Let's talk a little bit about the market so that you have a better understanding of what we're talking about on today's show. Today's show is how to write a winning offer. And this is for those of you out there who may be in the market to buy, or if you're listening and you're a new real estate agent or even an experienced real estate agent and you want some tips on how to make your buyer's offer stronger. Why am I talking about this? I am recommending to some of my buyers that they sit this one out if a couple of things don't line up. The first thing, you almost need to have by default $30,000, $50,000 cash in addition to the money that you need for a down payment and your closing costs to be competitive in this market, right? I know that's not the first time that some of you have heard that, but I just want to reiterate that. That's almost one of the things by default that you need to be prepared to do as a buyer. Number two, you need to plan to stay in the house that you're buying for at least five years or more. Why do I say that? Why do I recommend that? And, and if you're not staying in the home, you need to plan to hold on to it for at least that amount of time. Keisha, why are you saying that? Because there are businesses that are entering the residential real estate market. They are Fortune 500 companies, huge corporation conglomerates, and they are out there now buying up residential real estate and building residential real estate with the intention of renting it back out. With the intention of renting it back out. So this is an investment opportunity for them. As an investment opportunity for them, if it's an investment, they're looking to make money right? Long-term. Think about this. Walk with me now. They're looking to make money. So they're going to be in this for a while. 
But just like the stock market, you buy some shares in a particular business in hopes that that stock is going to rise, right? You're an investor. Once that stock rises, you're making money. We've seen it happen just this past weekend. Doge took off, made some overnight millionaires again. They cashed out. And what happened to the stock? It plummeted. Guess what's going to happen to the real estate industry at the first sign of real estate starting to drop once those investors have gotten in there and a few years have gone by? Remember that big foreclosure crisis that everybody was looking for? That, ladies and gentlemen, would definitely be a time when foreclosures could happen. How long are we looking? I don't have a crystal ball for that. I'm looking at the players in the game right now. I'm looking at the landscape. We can only assess the past to try to learn from it, look at the facts that are on the table right now, and try to look ahead at the future to see, well, what's the potential of, of something happening? What's the potential of the, the real estate industry falling out? Uh, not the industry, the real estate market falling. That is where I foresee the real estate market falling. When these big businesses decide they're going to take their coins and cash out when the market starts to drop. And guess who's going to be left holding the bag? Anyone who bought a home between now and the time that the market decides to start taking a drop. And that could be five years from now. It could be 10 years from now. So I'm telling my buyers, if you must buy, you need to have that liquid cash so that you can just compete. And number two, you need to plan to stay in it for the long haul because there are some individuals who are just now recovering. Wait, two, three years ago, the recovery for those who were able to hold on to their homes after the market fell in 2008, two or three years ago was when most people actually started feeling recovery from that time. And now you see your, your, your equity is through the roof, but I must tell you, it is fabricated. It's fabricated from my perspective. But if you're in the house to stay long-term, it shouldn't matter. If you got in the home with a good loan and good interest rates, something that you can afford, it shouldn't matter. Because at the end of the day, not only is it shelter, but it is an investment. You are an investor, it is an asset. And 10, 20 years from now, when you look at the graph, the market, the real estate market, it's gonna have its dips, but it is going to show an upward trend because that's what real estate does. On today's show, I am going to share some tips if you are a buyer 
or if you are a buyer's agent, if you're planning to buy, these are some things that you will want to share with your agent that might help secure your offer, definitely make it much more competitive. And hopefully at the end of the day, it will be a winning offer for you. So steps on how to write a winning offer when we come back from the break. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key and we'll be right back. I see we lost the radio part. Were we on here? No, they, they got it. Oh, okay. Hey, everybody. Hey, Miss V. How are you doing? Hi, Jamie. Hey. Carmen, hello. Thank you all for tuning in. We're going to share this information and hopefully help get some buyers out there in escrow. Let's see. I think my chair is crooked. Is my chair good? <laughs> I'm looking through here and I'm trying to see if, if I'm positioned right. But you can hear me okay? Uh, We're good? Okay. Uh -huh. Because this is the mic that I normally put here if I'm having a guest. And so. Oh, don't worry. I'll call you. Okay. Okay. Like, you know what? Normally, I'll turn the ball phone anyway because I'm just so used to doing it. Mm -hmm. Then when I got to look at that, I was like, wait a minute. Man, <laughs> <laughs> Something's different. Right. So Hello, Miss Belinda. Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. You said I'm back in a minute. I feel so lethargic. I took my first COVID shot yesterday and I feel a little um, lethargic. Yeah. My stomach is a little upset. And that's normally why the side of place that and sore arm. Yeah, my arm is really sore and I just want to go to sleep. Right. <laughs> said, I'm trying to stay for, uh, awake. For, you know, for the first uh, one to two days, you see, you may feel that and start to come out of Oh, and I didn't realize until after I scheduled the appointment that I made the appointment the day for the radio show. Yeah, I'm like, because I, I hear that. Everybody says that. That's like the thing. It's like, don't plan to do anything the next day. No, don't plan like, to go okay. to work. No. Just got no. to work. Don't yeah. hear everybody the same, but that is definitely one of the ones. They said fatigue. Like, I know a couple people. Yes, Miss Carmen. So they, they went through some of what you're talking about. I think last night it was really weird. I felt like I had the flu for 30 minutes. That, that's what they say? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I took, I, what did I do? I took a cough drop and I drank, I made some tea and I drank some tea while I was in the, it was, that was weird. No, but my sister did hers, same thing. Mm -hmm. When she did hers, same thing. Mm. Oh, we're back. All right, y'all. Hey, everyone, we're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and on today's show, how to write a winning offer. Before the break, we talked a little bit about the market, the market conditions, and my take on what's going to happen in the future. 
I do think that there is a potential of foreclosures, but not from where we think they're coming from. If you don't already know, there are big businesses who are buying up properties. There are companies like Taylor Morrison who are actually planning to construct homes for the purpose of renting them out. Now, you know, Taylor Morrison is a home builder that builds homes normally for people to buy. They are now on track to constructing homes to rent them out. Why are they doing that? Because they are trying to take advantage in this free market of an opportunity that they see happening, which is the demand for homes. You know, our homelessness problem is just through the roof. So not only do we have a new class of homelessness, because for people who are living month to month, a lot of those people are now homeless, living out of their cars. But it's just hard altogether to find a place to rent. And so looking at the numbers and the numbers don't lie, if you're in big business like Taylor Morrison and these other home builders and you get investors telling you, hey, we'll throw some money at that if we, we should build housing for the purpose of renting it out too. Because guess what? Guess what now is higher than the cost to buy? It is now more to rent than it is to pay a monthly mortgage. Yes. And, and I'm probably not saying anything new that some of you who are listening right now don't already know about. You, it, I've seen apartments charge almost $2,000 a month, if not more, for a one-bedroom apartment one bedroom, $2,000 to $2,500 is, is, is not even not normal anymore for an apartment. So if you think about what you could get for $2,500 in a mortgage in comparison to an apartment, you're gonna make out better. The only problem is there's not enough housing to buy. <laughs> It's catch 22. So they're seeing an opportunity to cash in. During the break, I mentioned that I took my first COVID shot yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family. So Agent Key is a little lethargic today. <laughs> so I'm just thinking about what I'm going to say before I say it. So I might pause a little bit because I really just want to go to sleep. Um, but I want to make sure that I share this information. So let, let's get into this. If you are going to be a buyer and you are going to be in the market trying to buy a house, here are some tips that you need to share with your agent. If you're an agent and you're listening, here's some things that you need to be doing with your buyer for your buyer's offer. First of all, you need to think like a seller. Majority of sellers are only looking for the offer that's gonna net them the most money. If you're a buyer and you have an attitude of, I'm going in here and I want them to pay my closing costs, I want them to do this, do that, and the other, 
you are already going in with the wrong frame of mind because they don't need your offer. And I don't really mean to be mean about it, but there's probably 20 other people who are going to make an offer on the same house that you're trying to offer on. So if you're serious about buying, you want to first go in with the right attitude that you want to put as much skin in the game as possible. You want to put as much skin in the game as possible and ask for nothing. Ask for absolutely nothing. Show the seller that you are giving. That's number one. Number two, your agent should try as hard as possible to connect with the seller's agent and find out what does the seller need. You'd be surprised how many agents don't circle back to the listing agent and say, hey, what's your seller situation? Why are they selling? If you were a buyer and you're trying to buy someone's house who needed to sell because they bought a house in New York and escrow was going to close in June, but this is April. And if they take your offer, then your escrow says 30 day escrow. So they can't really take your offer because you want them to close escrow by May, but they their house is not going to be ready till June. So guess what? They overlook your offer and they look for another offer who has a longer escrow. When you could have said, well, hey, we could have given them time to stay. They could have stayed at the house. We just did. We didn't know. It's your agent's responsibility to ask the other agent, what does the seller need? And if you are able to find out what they need, then you can help negotiate that in your offer before you submit the offer to the listing agent, to the other side. I might need some coffee or water or something. <laughs> Thank you. My engineer is so kind, y'all. Um, so after that, again, you want to show that you're giving more to make your offer more desirable. Talk with your agent and your lender about what areas in your offer you can be flexible with. Thank you. Because we all know that everybody's finances unravel differently. So we, we can't make the assumption that you can even afford to or have the flexibility to do all of these things that I'm going to list. But if your agent is experienced or if your lender is experienced, the two of them talking together should be able to come up with some game plans on what they can do, what areas you're flexible in with these areas, with what I'm going to list. Confirm with your lender how strong you are financially and see if you can either remove the loan contingency or decrease the amount of time on the loan contingency. What is a loan contingency? A loan contingency is a time frame in which your loan needs time to process to make sure that you're approved so your lender is working on it. It's going through underwriting. They're crossing T's and dotting I's about you financially to see and make sure that your employment checks out, that all of your assets check out, your credit score is good, all of those things. All of those things take time. And so you tell the seller in your offer, 
by having a 17-day loan contingency, that's the default, that that's the time that you're going to need to process the loan. If you're the seller, you're like, okay, I'm waiting on pen. I got to wait 17 days for them to remove the loan contingency. Once it gets removed, you're saying that, oh, we, we're good to go. We don't need that. So how quickly can your lender process your loan? If you can reduce that time, you e you take away some of the anxiety from the seller waiting on your loan contingency to be removed. My recommendation here, get a full approval before you start house hunting. Get fully approved. Have your lender vet all of your finances. Have your lender put your, your contract as far as possible as they can to get a full approval. Some lenders may or may not be able to do that, but go as far as you can before getting out there to look for properties so that you can decrease the amount of time on that loan contingency. As we're talking about reducing the loan contingency, reducing contingencies, period. So there are four contingencies in a contract by default. The first one is the earnest money deposit. You have three days by default to get that earnest money deposit into escrow. What is an earnest money deposit, Agent Key? It is typically or more often 1% of the purchase price. It's a good faith deposit. It lets the seller know that you're serious about purchasing their home. You've got to put that money into escrow within three days. How can you strengthen the earnest money deposit? Get that money into escrow within 24 hours. Increase the amount of the escrow. Tell the, the seller that you're going to release that earnest money deposit to them at a certain time sooner. You know, the earnest money deposit typically never gets released to the seller because it, it's ju it just sits there in escrow as a good faith that you are serious about purchasing. And then it gets applied to your closing costs at the end. So it's your money. But what if you were to say, you know what, that earnest money deposit, we are so certain that we want this house and we love it. Seven days into escrow, we're going to release our earnest money deposit to you. Again, every, so let me preface all of this that I'm saying with, you need to run this by your real estate agent and broker. They need to know what they're doing <laughs> when they do these things. An experienced agent and broker is going to know which of these tips will work best for you. So I just want to throw that in there as a caveat. So if you reduce, if you release that earnest money deposit, if you say in your offer that you're releasing that, that could be an incentive. The seller like, wait a minute, I'm going to give $3,000 on day seven, no matter what. And you got to remember when you release that earnest money deposit, if anything goes left during the transaction, you don't get that back. So you are taking a risk, but you are being more competitive. What if you didn't have $40,000, but you can release the EMD, right? Think about that, agents. I know somebody out there talking about, oh, wow, that's, wow. Yep. The other three contingencies. You have an inspection contingency and an appraisal contingency and a loan contingency. 
Removing inspection contingencies. I would not remove all inspection contingencies unless you were totally comfortable with whatever condition that house is in. So if you're walking through a home and it feels new, it feels good. Oftentimes when I walk through certain houses, you kind of just can feel if somebody has lived hard in it, you know? You, if there, there's some folk that just, you know, I can't say so. So if if the house don't doesn't feel right, chances are they've probably not been maintaining things right, and and there are probably going to be some items that will turn up on the home inspection report, and they probably might surprise you. I would not evoke removing the home the home inspection contingency under that kind of situation unless you were prepared to do and make any repairs, right? Hmm. Excuse me, you guys. I think the more I talk, I, I get a little dizzy. I don't know if I should have did the show today. Y'all say a prayer for, for me. I'm going to go straight home and go straight to bed. Um, hmm. Remove home contingency if you feel that the things that might show up on the home inspection report may be minor. Ask your agent, hey, let's remove the home, the home inspection contingency altogether, right? The appraisal contingency is there to protect your lender and you, but more importantly, your lender, because your lender orders it, you pay for it. And you're telling the appraiser is going to go out, estimate the value of the home and come back and tell you, hey, this is what we think the home is worth. So if the if the offer is four hundred thousand, the appraisal comes back at three hundred eighty thousand. There's now a twenty thousand dollar difference. If the seller accepted your offer and you are in escrow and you get to that point, if I were representing you, I'd go back and ask the seller to reduce the price to three hundred eighty thousand dollars. Otherwise, you got to come up with twenty thousand dollars cash out of your pocket to pay that difference. Remember at the top of the show when I said you got to be $20,000, $40,000 liquid before competing? This, ladies and gentlemen, is why. Chances are there's a 99.9% .9 chance that you're not going to, your offer is not going to be accepted without you offering to remove the appraisal contingency in advance or without you offering to say that I'm willing to pay the cash difference between the appraised value and my offer price. That's what's happening. That's what people are doing. And then even on top of that, they're just throwing more cash on top and showing evidence that they have the cash to cover that. So if you are in a cash position to be able to do that, there's another option. So I talked about the EMD, home inspection, and the appraisal. So those are the contingencies that you can remove, reduce, negotiate. And remember, the majority of these things have to be done upfront in advance. 
don't <laughs> here's a here's another thing make your best offer out the gate don't assume that oh they're probably going to counter us because that assumption could be very very wrong they don't have to counter your offer so you want to make your best and highest offer out the gate i know a lot of people uh who are in the market to buy right now haven't bought in a while you know they bought before but it's been a long time and so when you get back in the game you you think hmm yeah i'm only gonna offer this and and if they want they'll counter me if you really want that house you want to offer your best and highest and strongest and remember the strongest isn't always the highest. I have seen offers accepted that were not the highest. I have sellers who accept offers that are not the highest. And I, I, I might add, if you're a listing agent and you are accepting high offers, you may want to reconsider that. We have a call. We want to take this call. Yes. Oops. I gotta tell them to call back. Oh, call back. Caller, if caller, call back if you if you would like to if you have a question. Um, our new phone system doesn't ring. There's this nice, lovely, soft light <laughs> that blinks, <laughs> and and so we have to. It has to capture our attention to let us know that there's a call happening. So if you are, yeah, we just moved it. So if you're trying to call in, give us a call back. But um, if, you, if you're a listing agent and you are accepting or, or encouraging your sellers to accept the highest offer, let me tell you why that's not always a good idea. Because there's always that one rogue buyer who got a lot of money and they're just out there frivol frivolously offering all over the place. And chances are your property is not the only property they've made an offer on. And so they throw out this offer that's $60,000, $70,000 higher than everybody else's offer. They submit that to you and then they remove all contingencies. They send proof of funds. They say they're going to close in 10 days. They send a $10,000 earnest money deposit and you get commission breath. <laughs> and you think, oh, this is going to be a slam dunk. And then you've got all these other really strong offers where where they've done a lot of these things that we've talked about today and you overlook those offers for this one and then you accept their offer day one goes by day two goes by day three goes by and then you ask hey has your buyer submitted their earnest money deposit and then what does the buyer's agent say uh, i haven't heard no they first say they say let me check let me check two three days more go by and they haven't heard from them you know why because they are on to the next house. Their offer got accepted on the house they really wanted. And I've seen that happen multiple times. So if you're a listing agent and you are looking at offers like that and encouraging your sellers to accept those types of offers, I just encourage you to think again so that that, you know, that cycle doesn't have to happen. It's a time waster. And there are other stronger buyers out there who can get the job done. I like to encourage my sellers 
to review all offers as they're received. There's no sense in letting a house sit on the market in this market for five, six, seven days, because you're just going to end up with a ton of offers that over time just start looking alike. Reward the buyer who submits their offer first and comes out strongest. Reward that buyer. Your seller knows what number they're looking for and mitigate the situation with your seller. Hey, this is the kind of market we're in. You know, here's the proceeds that you're going to get. This is a really strong offer. I think you should go with this so that we can slam dunk this thing and get this over with. That way you don't have dozens and dozens and dozens of buyers with anxiety for days. You don't have a ton of offers that you've got to look over and go through and try to figure out, you know, how do you differentiate the offer that's 450,000 from the one that's 448,000? Well, the 448 came on Monday, the 450 came four days later. You know, it's, it's quite unfair to not reward the person who was responsive in my eyes, but that's my opinion. So there's that. I digress. <laughs> Let me get back to the buyers. Get with a lender who can close your transaction sooner than 30 days. Now, I do understand that there are people who may be using down payment assistance programs. And in most instances, those types of programs require second reviews. So you, you go through underwriting first with your main lender, then you have to go through underwriting again with another lender. There's only so much um, negotiating you can do with those timeframes. However, ask your lender, is it possible for you to close sooner? When you're interviewing lenders, before you even select a lender to get pre-approved with, ask them how quickly can they close? Ask them what their process is. I have some really great lender partners and you've probably heard me speak about them, but they're closing transactions. They're getting them closed in 17 and 21 days for the majority. Some of them, if they take 30 days, it's because, you know, we have to get, do something that takes a little bit more time. Usually it's because it's taking the appraisal a little bit longer to come back. Right? So you guys have all, you've heard my lender partners on this show, Jamal Bay with Guild Mortgage, uh, Eddie Johnson, with Lone Pal, you, you've heard me talk about them and, and there are others. Um, if you need a lender, lender referral, reach out to me, A-G-E-N-T-K-E-E-007 at gmail.com, agentkey007 at gmail.com. Reach out to me and ask me for a lender referral. In this particular market and season, you need an experienced agent and an experienced lender partner. The two together comprise a team for you to be working for you on your behalf. If you're going to be in this market, those are the players that you want on your team. If you are an inexperienced agent, I urge you to pair with an experienced lender and Seek the advice of another experienced agent. Let me say that again. 
If you are an inexperienced agent, do not try to go this on your own. Seek the advice of another experienced agent. And by experienced agent, I mean someone who is also consistently closing transactions in this current market. A lender partner who is consistently closing transactions in this current market. You may end up, I don't want to say that. I really am excited to see so many people entering the real estate industry right now, in particular, um, African-American or black agents. We need more black agents in the industry to help move the needle of black home ownership. We need that. Five years from now, I don't want to see that you guys have left the industry because you didn't make it. This is a very tough time right now. And, and agents who've been in the industry for decades, for years, are getting discouraged because of the lack of inventory and because of offers not being accepted. It's super important to surround yourself with winning agents, with a winning team. I'm gonna take a break. And when I come back, I'm gonna finish this list I'm going to sign off. I'm going to go home and get into bed because can y'all hear it? In? No, I can see. You can see it? I see yes. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I am Agent Key, and we will be right back. I just kind of got a little woozy right there. I might have to tell my daughter to come pick me up. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to say that, whatever, but I was going to ask you, man. Okay, I will do that. Oh, I see these comments. Hey, you all. Oh my gosh, it's a lot of comments. Whoa, I was looking out the window right there and it just kind of went, woo. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. My energy level, yeah, yes. Right, even your eyes. Right. Yes, Miss Carmen. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing great. I'm. I own in Nevada. Yeah, I know you own in Nevada, Miss B. I'm looking for a condo in Sac to come down for business and visit your family. Mm -hmm. Does that keep starting over? Is it going? They put it in the board like that. Uh huh. It don't matter. Look in the yes, the prices are crazy high. Yeah. I'm not exactly we're gonna get out soon. Yeah. Yeah. My rent is being increased. Um hey cousin. <laughs> My rent is being increased from sixteen to seventeen eighty one. Rather pay a mortgage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Five years ago I sold my home in North Thomas. Rent was going for eighteen to two thousand. Yes. Mm-hmm. How about if you just come right back and We're still fine. Going. I wish I could. Um, you said come back and just sign out. Yeah. Excellent advice. Hey, Liza, in South Natomas. 
My son and his wife were renting a home for 1800 from a private owner. Yeah. Hey, everyone. We're back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE. I'm not sure what that was all about during the break. That was a real strange loop. I'm going to have to get on Jay King about that. We're going to blame it on Jay King. <laughs> um, so we are talking about tips to us to a winning offer. And um, I'm just sharing with everyone that um, I took my COVID shot yesterday and everyone had, I, I knew, and I had heard that you're supposed to not do anything the next day. And I felt fine this morning, but right now as we're doing the show, I'm feeling a little odd. Yeah. And my energy level is a little low. My engineer is recommending that I sign out. Um, he's saying yes. Let's see. Let me see if I can get through. We only have 15 minutes to go. My eyes are getting low. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going, y'all. Pray for me. Pray for me. Okay. We we only have a few more to go, and then I promise I'm gonna go home and go to bed. Okay. So we talked about getting with a lender who can close in a, a faster amount of time. And I gave you some lender referrals. Also, this is not something that really impacts you. It does, but in the grander scheme of things, it doesn't. What are you talking about, Keith? Place all title and escrow fees on the buyer side, on your side. Your lender might already be accounting for them and it looks better on paper and to be able to say it. So what are the title and escrow fees? They usually, they, they might amount to around to $2,500, $3,500, right? Overall. So on your contract, when it says under title and escrow, it's going to say buyer pays, seller pays. And sometimes you'll see the X's on the buy side and the X's on the sell side. Agree to put all those X's on the buy side. And that looks good on paper because it looks like it's, a, it's another way to do what? Put more skin in the game from you. You're saying, yeah, we're going to cover that. And again, your lender may already be making an estimate that these fees are going to be paid by you anyway. They might be making an estimate that they're going to be split 50-50. But in the grander scheme of things, if the fees are $3,000 or $4,000, and if they were split 50-50, let's say they were $4,000, split 50-50, that's $2,000. Is it worth $2,000 more to you to say, we'll take care of that? To get the seller to accept your offer, to make your offer look stronger and accept your offer? Absolutely. I say yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, Key. That's a great idea. And what do I mean by it looks better on paper and to be able to say it? Tell your agent when they send your offer over to include in the email bullet points, highlighting all of the items that make your offer strong, fast, and clean and tell them to use those words 
Here are some items highlighted below to ensure that my buyer's offer is strong, fast, clean. I always do a templated email. First of all, when I send the email over in the subject line, I say attached the property address. I say offer attached and the property address property address in the email. Why do I do that in the subject line? You would think that it's common sense, but you'd be surprised how many agents will send over the DocuSign email returned by you, right? So anytime you write an offer, when, you're, when your agent prepares the offer for you to sign, most of the time they're sending it to you electronically for you to sign off on it, right? Once you finish signing, the offer automatically goes back to your agent. You would be surprised how many agents take that email and just forward the email to the listing agent with no, hey, sending you an offer with nothing. Just, you know, boop, they might shoot me a text. Hey, I sent you an offer. Well, where'd you send it? And guess where I find it? In the in the bulk mail or in the spam. Because my computer doesn't recognize that kind of a file. It sees it as spam or bulk mail. And that's where I find it, if I find it. So ask your agent to make sure when they're sending your offer over, if you and you don't have to tell them what to do, but ask them what's their process. So what are you going to do now that we've completed the offer? How will you present our offer to the listing agent? What questions will you ask? Because they should be emailing the listing agent. They should be calling the listing agent and they should be texting the listing agent in this market. Hey, I'm getting ready to send you an offer. Email, call, text. Offer sent. Hey, did you get our offer? email, call, text, get confirmation. Because if you can get acknowledgement of your offer and then you're putting in the subject line, offer attached property address, and then inside the body of the email, you're saying, hey, a, a, attached, please find my client's offer. They love the house. Below are some highlights about our offer. And then you put those bullet points of all of those things you've done reduce contingencies, increase offer, release of earnest money deposit, reduction of inspections, reduction of close of escrow. You've got all of those things highlighted. You have now developed the narrative that for them to convey to your to their seller that places your offer in a better light. That's what you've done. We've got a caller. Okay, we'll take the call. Oh. Okay, can't get to him fast enough. Sorry. He'll try better, ladies and gentlemen. He'll try next time. <laughs> He's going to stand closer to the, to the board. And finally, if you can offer a rent back, I mentioned earlier, what if you have a buyer that a seller who can't leave their home for a while, you know, offer a rent back but you don't know that they need time unless your agent connects with the seller and asks the question, what does your seller need? If they need a rent back, 
how will that impact you? Maybe you're staying somewhere where you don't have to go. You know, you're not under any pressure to leave necessarily. You know, if you're under the gun to go, if you have a lease that's getting ready to expire, this one may not work well for you. But if you are in a position where you are on a month to month or you're living somewhere where you're not under pressure to leave, offer a rent back. Meaning that, OK, we are going to let the seller stay after escrow closes up to two weeks or three weeks at your what's called PITI, principal interest taxes and insurance, your monthly mortgage divided by 30 days. So it could come out to be $26 a day, $56 a day, $78 a day, whatever your monthly mortgage would be on the purchase that you're going to make. You divide that by 30 days and that's what the rent back is for based on how long the seller needs to stay in the property. And if you want to one up that, offer them a free rent back. Yeah. Because ideally, let's say you go into escrow today. What is today's date? The 21st. And you close escrow on May 21st. Guess when your first mortgage payment is? It's not June. Chances are it'll be July. So you're not paying your first mortgage till July. And again, this is a conversation you need to have with your lender, your experienced lender who can talk you through this, who can look at all the options for you and with your listing, with your buyer's agent who can help you walk the, through this based on what your needs are, right? So these are just a few tools that you can use, that you can place in your arsenal. These are some tools that you can share with your buyer's agent. If you are uh, an agent and you're listening. Oh, does, do we have a call for real? Okay. 97.5. I'm doing excellent. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Christina. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I am. I'm going to end a few minutes early because yes. I'm getting the look right here. <laughs> I so appreciate your call so much. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Miss Christina telling me to go home. Okay. So we are going to end a few minutes early, y'all. I got through the list, but I, I am, I'm going to go home. <laughs> You've been listening to 97.5 FM, KDEE. I am Agent Key. And remember, if you are doing what you were created to do, I will see you at the top. Okay. Wow. Hey, hey, Michelle, girl, what's up? How you doing, my dear? Yes. Yeah. I can see it in your face. Yeah. Aw, thank you. I'm going to get out of here, y'all. Thank you, Miss Carmen. Terrilyn, 
thank you, dear. Hey, honey, that's my sister, Lisa. She'll be here from Vegas for Mother's Day. Hey, Ron. Yes, ma'am. Oh, my gosh, I did not know we had all of these. That it is, I guess.